Hello everyone and welcome on Women Abroad, the podcast that invites young professional women to share their experience abroad and reveal the wonderful women behind these stories. My name is Françoise Fallis. I'm an intercultural trainer and coach. I've lived and worked as an expatriate for more than 11 years in Egypt, Morocco and Nigeria twice and I currently live in Luxembourg. I meet young women who are studying or starting their careers abroad and hear from them about their discoveries, culture shock and the personal and professional challenges they face. What surprises, amuses, even fascinates them? How does their experience open up new perspectives and reveal new things about themselves? If you are curious about living and working internationally, this podcast will inspire you to consider new horizons. Women Abroad, be inspired by women who find their true selves living abroad. Today we are hosting Vladiana Petroe, young Romanian who has been working as website administrator and e-learning developer at the European Commission in Brussels, Belgium, since early 2019. After a bachelor degree in European studies she obtained from the University of Bucharest, Romania, she spent four years in Leuven, Belgium, where she got a master in anthropology, migration and minorities, followed by a university certificate in social sciences at the University of Leuven, Belgium. Our paths crossed on internet about five years ago, when I was still in Belgium, and what had struck me about her was her passionate nature. She explains to us how it all started for her in Belgium, how she perceives the country, how her mental representations can positively or negatively impact or perception of people of another culture. She presents a learning experience from a very holistic standpoint and tells us how she has grown as a person from studying, living and working abroad. Hello, Vladiana. Thank Hello. you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Women Abroad. Well, could you briefly introduce yourself and tell us what brought you to live and work in Belgium? In a very practical sense, uh, in 2011, I was finishing my bachelor studies and I realized that I am very interested in anthropology. And as I was looking for uh, master's uh, programs abroad, I found one that was suiting me very well here in Leuven in Belgium. So I pretty much just went for it. Since 2011, I've been on and off in Belgium, so for nine years now. Last year in January, I started working as a website administrator and e-learning developer for DEFCO Academy, which is a learning platform of the European Commission. And in a more metaphorical sense, I would say that what brought me here was my curiosity and my interest to discover new things and things that are different from what my previous experience used to be. Okay, great. That's a good start. <laughs> Curiosity. How did you, how did living and working in Belgium change your habits? I had to become more disciplined, 
as well as more self-aware because, of course, in social instances where you are alone and uh, you are dealing with a world that was previously unknown to you, you really have to know who you are and how you want to present yourself and how you want to uh, also establish yourself as a social persona, as a uh, as an individual, I would say. Uh, I also had to become more considerate and kinder, in a sense, because, of course, I wanted to establish connections and I wanted people to perceive me as approachable and to want to become my friends. And in a more uh, personal sense, it also helped my journey of uh, self-discovery like really uh, dealing with those uh, aspects of self-perception, self-representation, which I tackled mostly in a spiritual sense. Wow, what a broad program. So probably you evolved a lot. You have evolved a lot since you arrived in, in Belgium, have you? I would, say, I, I would say that technically, from a biological standpoint, it is said that our cells renew every seven years. I think that uh, also my intellectual and emotional and spiritual selves have also renewed completely since I first moved here. I am a different person. Is it linked to Belgium or could this have been the case in other countries? I think it is linked to Belgium as well as to my own approach to my life experience. Because from what I know, there are a lot of people out there in the world who travel or migrate to other countries, but do very little to change their habits. And they try to carry their home country with them to their new place of residence. Whereas in my case, I actually wanted to experience what uh, my life here had to offer and also to use it as, as an opportunity to get to know myself better. Because I was very young when I moved here, I was 21, and I feel that there was still a lot for me to learn. Of course, there still is, but uh, I did it with an open mind and uh, trying to remove all the bias that I had about how things had to be done. What culture shock did you experience specifically for Belgium? I wouldn't say there was much of a shock. Because Belgium is very culturally diverse. So what surprised me or amazed me was actually the possibility of hearing such a variety of languages every other step. Or seeing uh, people of different ethnicities or experiencing uh, ethnic cuisines from around the world. And also the variety of cultural events was something that I was absolutely drawn towards. But in the sense of being shocked as something that you would perceive as negative or as very transformative, I don't think that really happened to me because I was allowed to express myself as an individual and the way I saw fit, which was really wonderful to me, I would say. Mm. Do you have particular stories to tell us about Belgium? Anecdotes? things which disturbs or amuses or fascinates you? One thing that I recall from back when I was in my master's is that I once entered a bank and the door handle of the bank fell into my hand. 
And it was one of those doors that once it get locked, it get locked from one side, then you cannot come out. And in that instant, all of the people who were in the bank turned and looked at me in absolute utter panic. And I was, you know, just very casually putting the door handle back and putting the pin back into it and trying to fix it, which is a very Romanian uh, thing to do, I would say, a very just uh, improvised solution to a problem. But I found it quite funny back then when it happened, and I still do, because it actually pointed out to me that people are used to things working here. And uh, normally things that don't work as expected seem to throw them off a bit and take them for surprise. Whereas I guess uh, back where I come from, people have been facing hardship for a much longer time and they developed this habit of handling things, of really knowing how to find a solution, either what, uh, you know, whether it's a quick fix or uh, it's something very creative or innovative, but I guess that was something that uh, has really drawn my attention to, to this. You mean finding unexpected solutions for unexpected problems? Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> And how did you socialize when you arrived in Belgium? Was, was it easy for you to, to come in touch with, with new people? I would say so-and-so. In the sense that when I arrived, I was actually lucky enough to be recommended to a Belgian girl who hosted me during my first week in Belgium. And I couldn't be more grateful because that, of course, really helped me not have to worry about my accommodation and to go about my uh, university enrollment and about the beginning of my life in Belgium in a very smooth manner. So... That was a very important hand that was being offered to me when I first started my adventure here. I do have to say that up to this date, I don't have any Belgian friends. I mean, really born in Belgium, parents born in Belgium, grandparents and so on and so forth. So I have actually approached and been approached by international people Uh, rather. But I did meet uh, Belgians in the work environment. And uh, so technically, my interactions with them were limited to that, or to, of course, the public space, such as administration or supermarkets or doctors and so on. So I did experience some of this stereotype that Belgian people are not necessarily friendly or open. But it hasn't affected me because I did find the right people. I guess in the end, life just throws at you exactly the circumstances that you have to experience and uh, things unravel naturally. So at some point you don't really have the time to reflect and to wonder, would I be better off if I had more Belgian friends or not? Actually, my best friend now after nine years in Belgium is a Belgian citizen someone born and raised in Belgium, but of uh, Turkish ancestry. So I kind of have the best of both worlds in the sense that she understands Belgium as a local, but she also has that uh, exotic touch, I would say. <laughs> What's your perception globally of Belgium? 
How would you characterize the country? I think what has really thrown Belgium on the international scene is the fact that it's considered the headquarters of the EU. So all of the European institutions carry their activities here in Brussels. And that has also changed the social fabric, especially in Brussels. And you have a huge expat community, plenty of people coming from every corner of the world who are here to work and who have also stayed and made a life in the country. In terms of stereotypes, I guess it's just uh, known for its uh, chocolate, its beer and its fries, which I have to say that the Belgians, uh, Belgians do embrace. They advertise it very well here locally uh, to everybody's delight. So... <laughs> <laughs> And uh, if you had to do it again, what kind of support would you have appreciated upon your arrival in, in, in Belgium? Did you arrive in Brussels? I landed in Brussels. I was hosted in Brussels by uh, my very, very kind helper in my first week here. And then I actually moved to Leuven. So for the first part of my experience in Belgium, I was in Leuven for the first four years. I was rather lucky in the sense that uh, the University of Leuven has a very good and very well-structured international study program. And that means that they also try to help you manage your new life in Belgium to their best uh, possibility They are giving you advice. They have all of these newcomer packages. They, they try to show you around and to make you feel that you have all the support that you need. One thing that was rather stressful when I first moved in was finding accommodation. Because Leuven being an international uh, town, it's actually a very small place. And demand for accommodation by all of these students flooding the city is extremely great. Having some way to coordinate that when I first started would have probably been very helpful. To really feel that at the end of the day, I have a roof above my head and I can just put my pillow, you know, my head on my pillow in the evening. I guess that would have been much more reassuring. I do feel that somehow managed to deal with all those things in a relatively short time. So I don't feel that I have anything to complain, but that is one thing that was rather stressful back then. This time around, uh, when I started uh, working and feeling much more independent and also being older, I managed to see reality in a much clearer way. I feel that the transition was much smoother. And of course, I already had some friends and some connections here. It was just a very, very pleasant and uh, smooth ride. Oh, does your, um, your being a woman impact your adjustment in Belgium or your experience abroad? Actually, when I first moved in, the second day after my arrival, I met uh, the man that was to become my boyfriend at the time. So <laughs> I guess being a girl makes you more of a target to people uh, who are interested in uh, having a relationship, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But of course, looking back, I think I would probably not have accepted 
certain uh, social encounters or certain social situations just because I felt alone abroad and I needed companionship. I think that could be a factor that weighs in onto a woman because inherently I personally felt the need to be, I don't know, protected, looked after, I would say, to feel that in case of need, there is somebody out there that I can reach out to. That was also because I was very young. I wouldn't be doing the same compromises now, looking back. In other um, aspects, such as my social representation or my interactions, I wouldn't say I was affected. On the contrary, probably also encouraged, because there is quite a variety of uh, opportunities for women here, and I have never felt like I was treated in a specific way because I was a woman. I don't feel that my experience was impacted by my gender. I have had access to all of the opportunities and to all of the experiences that I wanted to have. I never felt all of those discriminations that are normally associated with the female gender. And in this, do you see cultural differences with your native country in the way the woman is perceived or the roles they play in society? I do, yes. And I find it much more reassuring to be in Belgium. I find it much safer to go out in the streets. Of course, there are exceptions and uh, there are neighborhoods where uh, it, I hear things are not as rosy as I see them in my daily reality. But back in my home country, I have unfortunately happened to be harassed in the streets by passersby and even in the workplace by male bosses who considered that uh, they could grope you or they could uh, just very friendly touch you in inappropriate manners just because. So that has never happened in my experience in Belgium and I am very happy to say that I feel safe when I go around. So that's, that's very reassuring. Now, how did you integrate in your, in your work? Since I started uh, working, I just worked, I guess. <laughs> so it was very easy and very simple to integrate because I had immediate support from my work colleagues. I was uh, welcomed very openly and uh, wholeheartedly by my team. So whenever there were things that I didn't know, I immediately reached out and I received the help that I needed. And I guess overall, the point was that I had to become as quickly as possible functional and independent in the work that I do. And for that, I have received all of the support and all of the training that I needed. Now, let's go to your self-development. You talked at the beginning of this interview. What did you, so what did you most learn about yourself when living abroad? I learned everything about myself. The, when I first came in, I was very young. I had some ideas of who I was, but that was soon to change by simply interacting with other people and finding out that reality is not just one-sided, the way I had uh, 
probably tended to expect by living uh, in a country that is not very socially diverse and culturally diverse. I became who I am because of my experience abroad in an emotional sense, in a social sense, in a professional sense, as well as in a, in a spiritual sense. And I feel that my spiritual development is the one that I cherish and I value most because particularly since uh, last year or so, I have really understood my place in society. I have started perceiving myself more and more as an independent woman who manages to live and work and learn and love and carry out pretty much any activity that she wants if she sets her mind to it. Last year, actually, in order to document my journey as a woman on her way to self-love, as I like to call it, I started blogging and uh, writing articles in order to summarize or to make a sense, I guess, of my experiences in a way that helps me better integrate what happens to me on a daily basis and the way in, that, in which that reflects or impacts my emotional or my spiritual well-being. If you had imagined you had not gone abroad, how do you think would your life be like now? My life would be a bit more bland. I would probably not have the same level of autonomy. I would not have the same access to an environment in which I feel the possibility to express myself fully and honestly. It would be nice to be closer to my family, to my grandma and to my mother, but It's a matter of give and take. And I think that being in Romania would make my evolution slower. Slower? Mm -hmm. You mean fewer projects, fewer opportunities? What do you mean by slower? I guess also a certain sense of safety that would make me lazier. So, indeed, fewer projects, but I wouldn't know if it's because of the level of opportunities. I never really inquired what other opportunities I might have because I was quite satisfied where life has taken me. I don't believe I would be doing the same thing if I were back at home in Romania. I would have probably continued doing the job I had, I had done in the past years. I would have probably put some kind of limitations, I guess, to my evolution. I would have said, you know, I'm rather settled and my life is pretty good. So why bother trying something else or why bother getting out of my comfort zone? Whereas being alone, being a woman and being abroad has made me be more ambitious, actually not only in a professional sense, but also in terms of how I want to challenge myself and how I want to get closer to that uh, idea of what I want to become. On the professional point of view, would you like to explain to us what this international exposure uh, taught you? What I learned is that people have very 
cultural ways of working. And I know you do have some experience with that. And you do know that we tend to bring our own idea of what, uh, a, I don't know, for instance, a business meeting should go like. Some cultural uh, habits, for instance, gift giving or the small talk or the chit chat in the beginning of a meeting, which is highly embraced by some cultures and very much frowned upon by some others. Do you have a particular example to share, for instance, of uh, showing the cultural differences you faced in, in the workspace? I guess it's uh, mostly related to the way in which people email. Because some cultures, some people with specific backgrounds tend to be very much to the point They just write to you exactly what they want and need from you, and that's it. It's quite dry. It's very to the point. Whereas some other people might ask you how you're doing. They're wishing you well at the end of the email. They might say, you know, maybe we could have a talk, or we could have this and that, or we could meet up for a coffee and so on. I guess it really shows in that sense. But actually, even when I was back at home in Romania, I was working for the Chamber of Commerce as an uh, international relations counselor. So technically, my job was to interact with international people, with uh, diplomatic or business delegations coming from abroad. So even back in Romania, I wasn't really separated from the possibility of interacting internationally. It just happened on a different level and also within the parameters, of course, of the protocol that is necessary to establish in such an environment. Whereas here in Belgium, working uh, for the European Commission, it is uh, much more fluid and also much more spontaneous. So it just happens that you get out of your office and your colleague is Spanish and then your other colleague is Polish. And then uh, you have a Dutch colleague, and then you have a meeting with a Swedish person, and so on and so forth. Okay, so you're really involving in a really international environment, and you have become a globetrotter. I have, and um, that is something that I always enjoyed doing. I remember even when I was very young, and I had discovered the internet, It was wonderful for me to talk to people from Egypt, for instance, or from Mexico, and to find out that uh, the Mexicans were um, involving in uh, recreational use of marijuana, whereas the Muslims were um, fasting during the month of Ramadan. So I had very early encounters with the very diverse social fabric of our world. Being in Belgium is actually a very easy... I mean, you can just go out and you can have all of these experiences and sample them in the blink of an eye. You don't really have to look for them. They just are out there on display for you. Probably because you've got the mindset of a traveler And so you are open-minded and so people come to you quite naturally. I do believe that you are right. And I think that our experiences are greatly impacted by our own perception. And that can happen on a personal level and also on an interpersonal level. So the way I perceive myself as a woman abroad might be very different from the experience of somebody else who is homesick, 
or who has trouble adapting to the new environment and my experiences as a person abroad, as a young person abroad or simply as an individual, as a human in a place other than uh, that of their origin is probably very diverse from that of a person who lives in a very ghettoized manner and uh, in a secluded area where he or she only has access to peers of their own kind. Hmm, I understand. So what's your next step in your life? What are your plans for the future? Truth be told, particularly in this um, global crisis, I have started to make very short-term plans. And I discovered that what works for me is actually introducing new routines into my daily life rather than thinking too far ahead. In any case, I hope that uh, through the way I continue to develop myself, I can make a contribution to the empowerment of younger people who live in international environments. I hope I can make a contribution to the self-perception in general of people who are struggling with self-identification or who feel that they don't have the safe environment in which they can express themselves as honestly, as fully, as uh, freely as they wish they could. Is it what you're developing in your blog? Tend to learn in a very empirical manner. So it has to be a very hands-on approach. This happened to me, therefore, these are my learnings, these are my findings. And I do think that sharing them in a blog format is triggered by my desire that somewhere someone will read those words and they would relate. And they would see that regardless of the hardships or of the challenges that we might face, shifting our perspective and using everything as a learning opportunity can actually help us integrate all of those experiences in a natural manner. And instead of feeling that we have hit rock bottom, that uh, life is difficult and so on, we realize it's a temporary issue and it has to be tackled with a solution to live up to the challenge. Would you like to share the name of your blog? Maybe it could be useful for other, other women. Absolutely, I would be happy to. My blog is called Curvy Buddha. And the reason for having chosen this name is that one of the issues that I struggled with understanding was uh, the shape of my body and the fact that I'm overweight. So that was, for instance, in my case, one of the obstacles in uh, my process of self-love. And Buddha is a word generically associated with the state of Zen, with the state of enlightenment and with the capacity to see the world as a process, as a rise and fall rather than as a permanent situation. Wonderful. Great. Thanks for sharing. Thank you so much. <laughs> We are slowly coming to the end of our episode. What advice would you like to give to other young women who are about to live or are considering to travel and have their first professional experience abroad? The short form of my advice is go for it. The long form of my advice is go for it. 
wholeheartedly, confidently, with this um, idea at the back of your mind that throughout this whole process, you have to be self-loving and self-forgiving and to cut yourself some slack if things don't always go as planned, to be kind to yourself and to understand that circumstances may be of a certain nature, but that shouldn't affect your possibility to embrace your experience, to love your experience, to learn from it, and to open yourself to meeting people, to questioning your situation, uh, to questioning who you are in order to continue to grow. I guess one of the questions that I would advise uh, your listeners to ask themselves is, is the decision I'm making now helping me become more in tune with my true self? Am I being honest? Am I being true? And am I being loving to myself? And if the answer to whatever it is you decide to do is yes, then uh, I, I advise that you embrace it, that you make the best of the experience. And I am pretty sure that the universe or circumstances or whatever you want to call them will just throw the right people, the right opportunities and the right environment for you to carry out all of those things in. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. You're already a really wise and mature woman, aren't you? It's really empowering. Thank you. I probably started embracing my wisdom more recently. I turned 30 in December, so just six months back. And this shift of age has actually made me doubt myself quite a lot because I realized I don't really fit into some of the expectations or stereotypes about uh, women my age. So I am probably what you would uh, qualify as an old maid by now. I should have been married and have children. And I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to figure out what is it that I have and what is it that I can share from Uh, you know, from what I am, what is it that I can share with other people? So what is the added value? What is the contribution that I can make to the world that I live in? And I figured that uh, being loving and being positive and being supportive is what the world needs. So I'm not sure that what I am sharing is necessarily wisdom. It's just really a very honest desire that people start appreciating and loving themselves a bit more. Okay. Because you think it's not the case globally. I, I wouldn't want to go into politics. But for instance, in the recent days, we have seen uh, all the protests going on in the US and the racial discrimination and the racial abuse and the crimes that actually can occur when people don't understand who they are and they want to define themselves as different from other people because they think that that is their only identity. I am what this other person is not. And that is never the case because we have so much to share and to learn from one another. The more we accept who we are, I think the easier it is to also accept the people around us. Thank you very much. Vladiana. Thank you.
Thank you as well. Thank you for Thank sharing you. your experience and all this uh, this living abroad developed and made you more self-fulfilled. And I wish you a good life. Thank you for following us in this episode. Because an international experience can awaken incentives and reveal new aspects in women's identities, Women Abroad is the podcast that appeals to young women everywhere. Did you like this episode? Like it and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share it with your friends. You can also rate us and review us. If you'd like to share your experience abroad as a student, an early career woman or a more experienced professional, contact me on my page, Women Abroad, on Instagram or Facebook. You can also listen to our previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and on our website www.françoise-fallis.com I wish you a great day and a bright life. Talk to you soon.